0: So, hey, last, last segment of this series, Deeper, today. And um, I, I purposely ended this series today. This is part of our series for the Daniel Fast because next Sunday, um, our district superintendent is going to come to our church, and he's going to share the message. He's also going to install me as your pastor and so uh, it'll be a little bit of a celebration. Uh, it's something that we do as consecration in the Assemblies of God. And so I encourage you to come next Sunday and be part of that. If you've never been a part, it's a, it's a great time. And I know you will love to hear from our superintendent. He, um, he is a man of prayer. I love him. That guy, uh, he's just driven by prayer. So today, again, just, just kind of tying a bow on this, as my wife would say, we're going to talk about passion for his presence. Passion for his presence. You know, even though I grew up going to church every Sunday morning, the church I attended never promoted reading the Bible on your own time, Uh, nor did it teach actually that I could have a personal relationship with God, which just, uh, it blows my mind when I think about it now. And when I first committed my life to following Jesus, I was 23. I'd made a lot of bad choices and mistakes, and and he really did rescue me from myself. But I remember after that night that I got saved, um, there was a passion in me, a desire to become a new creature, just like it said that I was supposed to be, and I didn't have a Bible, and um, I went out and bought a Bible, the Bible that that, uh, several people who were close to me, well that I had just met at the church, they were close to me, <laughs> said, this is what you need to get. So I went out and bought this Bible, and I loved reading my Bible. It was all so new and so fresh to me. And, but then later as a believer, I began to read God's Word kind of more out of duty than devotion or desire or even to actually hear what He had to say to me that fire, that excitement to read his word kind of started to die down. And I'd start a reading plan, but then often I'd lose interest. Whenever I encountered passages about numbers or names or things I just found generally boring. I'm being frank with you here. You know, I, who... Who got the little tabs in their Bible? Do you remember when it was cool to have tabs in your Bible? Come on, raise your hands. Be proud of this. Yes. I remember I thought, I'll get these tabs, and that will make me more excited about reading God's Word. And so I got the tabs, and I got them installed, and I did it perfectly because I'm just that kind of a guy. I'm a perfectionist, and, you know, they were all in the right and order, and oh, it was awesome. But it didn't cause me to be more passionate. And I, I began to feel guilty about not reading my Bible more often. And I remember thinking or even making the excuse, I would read it more if I just understood it better. And incidentally, at the time, I I was reading a translation that was difficult for me to relate to and understand, but I got that translation because I was told that's the only accurate translation you can read. And so I, I bought that translation. And I remember reading it sometimes thinking, there, I've read my Bible, now everything should go perfectly for me the rest of the day. Anybody? Just me. And, and then I'd even have the thought now I've fulfilled my duty to God I've done my duty now I can get on to doing the rest of the day and I'll even tell you that you know 30 plus years in just a few years ago there were times when I read my Bible that sometimes it seemed dry to me sometimes it does you guys let's be real about this we're not always passionate about reading his word Or that it felt like maybe there was nothing I could apply for the moment. I suspect that we've all been guilty of these thoughts on occasion. Well, maybe none of you guys. It's that church down the street. But um, maybe it was last week. Maybe it was yesterday. Maybe it was this morning for you. And maybe you'd admit it's difficult for you to get excited about reading your Bible. Perhaps you feel like it's hard to find practical application for your life. Well, I think that I may have happened upon some answers to help us become more passionate for God's Word and, more importantly, to have a passion for hearing His voice every day. Guess where I found it? It's in the Bible, you guys it's awesome. It's in the Bible. It's been there all along. You know, there's a song that Pamela and I used to sing to our kids when we were, when they, well, we were very young and they were very young, both of us. Um, We were all young and we were in it deep. Um, But at night, at bedtime, there was a song we would sing to them after we prayed. And, And if we hadn't sung it yet the kids would say sing the deer pant song does anybody remember the song as the deer panteth for the waters, so my soul longeth after you you alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you I'll be on the worship team next week just want to <laughs> let you know um, but my kids would say sing the deer pant song and it includes the verse uh, that I'm going to refer to today and the passage that I refer to. I think that we can rekindle that passion we had at the beginning of our following Jesus just by thinking on a few of the passages in his word. And it's, I really think it's that simple. You know, first of all, remember this always. Remember this always. If you don't remember anything else from this message, remember this always. Always. He desires to meet with you every day. He desires to meet with you every day. He is just waiting for us to come to him. Romans 10, 21, he waits all day long with his arms open wide. Can you picture it? He's just sitting there in heaven waiting for us to come and have a conversation with him. That blows my mind a little bit. In Psalm 42, in verses 1 and 2, it says, As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. And then it says, When can I go and stand before him? When can I go and stand before him? (laughs) The writer of this psalm is pretty passionate about being in God's presence, right? Do we have that same kind of passion this writer does? In Psalm 139 in verses 23 and 24, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. I want us just to watch a short video. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my every thought when far away. You chart the path ahead of me. And tell me where to stop and rest. Every moment you know where I am. You know what I'm going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You both proceed and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge knowledge is too wonderful for me. Too great for me to know. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the place of the dead, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning. If I dwell by the Father's potions, Even there, your hand I will, guide, will guide, me, guide me, and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me, and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are both alike to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. And knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex Your workmanship is marvelous And how well I know it You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion As I was woven together in the dark of the world You saw me before I was born Every day of my life was recorded in your book Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God They are innumerable I can't even count them They outnumber the grains of sand And when I wake up in the morning, you are still with me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Psalm 139. I'd encourage you, if you have a Bible with you, to open it to this passage, Psalm 139, or on your phone. It will be on the screen behind me as well. But I want us to read through the rest of this psalm and just really think about what is being said here. You know, when we read through this psalm, and we're going to read the first five verses, I'd encourage you, as you read these five verses, think about Father this way. Oh Lord, you've examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me And you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. As we go to the next verses, humble yourself in this way. It says, Such knowledge in verse 6 is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Guys, that's so incredibly, incredibly reassuring to me to know there's nowhere I can go that God won't be there. There's nowhere I can go. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me, your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day, darkness and light are the same to you. You made all of the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Friends, I feel like that verse, verse 14 should be on every mirror in every home that people get ready in the morning. Because there's so much that happens. The enemy comes in and lies to lie and steal from us. To have us think that we are not loved, that we are not complex, that we are not important, that we are not valued, that God doesn't care about us. But this verse says, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born, you guys. Wow. He knew us before we were even born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You know, we have things happen in our lives. There's tragedies that come. There's difficulties that come. uh, There's hardships that come. And we say, oh, God, what are we going to do now? God already knew about it. And he had a plan For your hardship, your difficulty, the time that you're going through. You are not abandoned. You might not feel good, but you are not abandoned. He did not let go of you. He is always, always with you. I encourage you to own these words in verses 17 and 18. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot even be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumbered the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you're still with me. Do you know he's thinking about you right now? Always. Then it goes on to encourage us in verses 19 through 22 how to to avoid the actions and the thoughts and the people that, that we know are wicked. It says, Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked, get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. And the hardest part of that passage is, God loves those people just as much as He loves us. Even though they are His enemies, even though they are sworn against Him, He loves them as much as He loves us. And I think the, cre- the, the key phrase in this psalm, the passage that I think should rekindle passion in us, is verses 23 and 24, which I started out with when it says, Investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong and then guide me on the road to eternal life. It's laying it out before him each day and say, God, examine me, test me, and then tell me what it is you want to change in me and then help me to do it by your Holy Spirit. What if we began our time in his presence with these words? I think it's a little too real, isn't it, you guys? Investigate my life. I think we're a little afraid to have God investigate our life, aren't we? And yet, that's what he would have us do. He would have us humble ourselves and come into his presence and say, God, investigate my life. Show me, show me, and then help me to be who you've called me to be. What if we asked a few questions and then we listened? What if we asked questions like, What do you want to say to me, Father? Do you ever ask that question? What do you want to say to me? And then actually just listen. Listen to the point it's uncomfortable. Listen to the point you're like, Okay, God, any time now. Do we do that? Questions like, What am I missing that you want to give to me? You guys... God has the very best for all of us. And sometimes I think we miss it. We miss the good and the great and the awesome gifts that he has for us. As you read a text, ask the question, what does this text, what do these verses say about the condition of my heart? God, what does this say about my heart, about me, about my relationship with you? And then here's something I would encourage you to do. If you want to experience more of his presence and enjoy reading your Bible, try reading his word for the drama. Try reading it for the honest appraisal. Try reading it with fresh eyes. Reading it for the drama, what I mean by that is when you read the passage, you say, what about this text captures my heart? What about this text makes me passionate? What passions arise in my heart from this text and this passage? After you've examined it for the drama, examine it for the honest appraisal. What are my lowest thoughts about this text? Things I shouldn't be thinking. Here's what I mean by this. If you feel ashamed, guilty, worthless after reading a text, that is not God's intention. That does not come from God. That is the enemy. And when that happens, pay attention because you can go... That's the voice of the enemy. That's what it sounds like. Because God does not shame us. He does not cause us to feel guilty. He does not cause us to feel worthless. His words to us are never degrading, accusing, or guilt inflicting. That is not the way our God speaks to us. Think to yourself, can I commit, this, commit my heart to this passage? Can I commit my heart to this? And if not, why? If you can't commit your heart to what you've just read, why? Why can't you commit your heart to it? And then ask the question, am I doing anything that violates my own integrity? Am I doing anything that violates my own integrity? Integrity is what you do when nobody sees what you're doing. That is integrity. Are you the same person whether you're with people or not? I want to talk about fresh eyes for a moment. One of the ways you can get fresh eyes and one of the ways I've gotten fresh eyes over the years is if you go in my office, you'll see there's about six or seven different versions of the Bible. And... Over the years, I have read the Bible through each year. And when the next year comes, I read it in a different version because it gives me fresh eyes. It helps me see something that I maybe didn't see the first time I read it in a different version. That's one way to get fresh eyes. Because anybody ever done that? You read something and you go, oh, Lord, I've read this before like a gazillion times. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me, right? Okay, that's only me. (laughs) Read it with fresh eyes. What I mean by that, besides switching a translation up, what I mean by that is, how would someone else read or perceive this passage? How would someone other than you possibly read or perceive it? It will give you fresh eyes. Maybe read it through the eyes of the opposite sex. I can't think like a woman, but I try to, to. Or think about reading it through another culture or a disabled person, an atheist. Think about reading it through the eyes of a child or a truth seeker. But put yourself in their place as you read. It'll give you fresh eyes. It will help you to see something you probably haven't seen before in his word. You see, God wants us to be passionate about his word. He wants us to be passionate about being with him and in his presence. And there's things we can do, these things I've talked about, that can help us get there. And again, If you've read the passage before, or maybe you've heard someone teach about it, try reading it as if it's new to you. Try to put out of your mind those teachings and just read it as if it's the first time you've ever read it in your life. And then say, Holy Spirit, how does this apply to my life? What does this mean to me? So what does this mean to you? I think you know by now that I'm passionate about you reading God's Word. It's why I talk about soap every single Sunday. Because it will change your life. And it will change the lives of people who are in your life. If you get in His Word every day. Are you reading His Word regularly? And when you read, do you ask questions Do you say, God, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? Do you say, what am I missing that you want me to see or hear? What do these verses say about the condition of my heart? And I'd encourage you to read it with drama, read it with an honest appraisal and with fresh eyes. Let's stand up together and we'll close. So what are we going to do at People Church? Well, we are going to continue to grow in the knowledge of his word and to recognize the sound of his voice. My goal as your pastor is that you would know his word and you would know his voice. And we're here to help you better understand God's word for you and to help you develop greater passion for him, his word and being his presence. And we're going to make this a safe place to find and follow Jesus, a place you can invite your friends who don't know him, who can come as they are, And they can feel his presence, they can hear his word, they can sense his love. Father, this morning I thank you for just what you are doing in our hearts, in our minds. God, I thank you for the great plans that you have for every person in this room. I thank you that you know everything about them and everything that is going to happen in their lives and that you are with them always. Lord, I pray that they would sense that and know that truth, that they are never alone. No matter how we feel, we are never alone. You are always with us. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would anoint these, that you would fill them afresh with your spirit. Give them a holy boldness and a confidence to share your word with people they work with people in their neighborhoods, people that they come into contact with every day. God, we ask that there would be people coming to know you this week as a result of these sharing their testimony with them. And finally, Father, I just ask that you would protect them, to provide for their needs, that you would heal them if they need healing, to keep them healthy. Lord, again, we thank you for saving us from ourselves. In Jesus' name. Amen.